Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you to his marvelous light. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation that you should show forth the praises of God who has called you to his marvelous light. Amen and amen. Good afternoon, Kingdom Corner podcast followers and listeners, devotees. The great Matt Geib here from the uh, mild Pacific Northwest coming to you again with a power-packed lesson from Ephesians chapter 2, from Ephesians chapter 2. We have been following up Ephesians chapter 2. We're in the last portion of it, and I will just read. We are going to start to cover these scriptures today. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 22. Now, therefore, ye are no longer or no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together or joined together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Ephesians 2. 19 to 22. And that's the reading for today. That's what we're going to really dive into today. This is such a beautiful, power-packed, and I believe a number of revelations in here for us that I just believe we're going to make this, even though it's just four scriptures into two, two episodes here. Today we want to talk about the third nation, the third nation or the third race we're talking about a holy nation, according to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. I read that as a cross-reference for this study. An holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We're going to get into that today. And that's going to be the first part of this beautiful, power-packed portion of Scripture here. In the last three episodes, we took a deep dive into the topic of peace because that is the fruit or product of what the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ brought into our world. We have seen that hostility because of sin, and specifically between the Jews and Gentiles, was completely obliterated in Christ. The availability of peace was brought into the world to all mankind, and Paul now says that both Jews and Gentiles were now united into a whole new single entity because of Christ, a whole new single group, as it were. Verse 2, 14 states it like this, For he himself is our peace who has made both one. And we went over that quite a bit. The both are one part Jew, one part Gentile, 
breaking down the middle wall of separation. We talked about that, that separation, that wall, that middle wall of partition that divided the two nations or in the temple, the uh, wall there or the curtain there, the four-inch curtain that was ripped asunder when Jesus died and gave up his uh, life on the cross. Galatians 3.28 tells us there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? One early pagan writer referred to this one group or entity made up of Jews and Gentiles as a third race, a new nation. We are all, as Americans, Japanese, Germans, etc., any nationality, refer to us, if it's you're a German, if you're an Italian, if you're of Japanese, you say, us and them, just like Americans do, us and that's that other nation over there. So this is us, the third race, the peculiar nation, the holy nation of God and them, we could say. A new race, in a sense, has been created because a new unity now exists that because God created it in Christ Jesus in a lasting, permanent, and real way. It was the beginning of the New Testament church. In this new community and relationship made available to all saints, both Jews, Gentiles, anybody in the world, no matter what color, resources are provided in order to deal with anxiety, fear, hostility, provision, anything, that you could think of, God will be a provision and provide for his people, anything that we face in life. That's what the blessing of being in this new race, this new nation brings to us. As a conclusion to verses 2, 14 to 18, Paul now begins to address our identity as this new third nation that will give us a key to a victorious and profitable kingdom life. Okay, let's go and read that scripture that I quoted to you, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Beautiful, beautiful passage. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special, and I like the way the King James puts it, peculiar people. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like us, the nation of God, the holy nation of God. There's nobody like us, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous into his marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of God we were once not even born but it says even in Isaiah shall a nation be born in a day and that's what it was talking about the new nation that God created in Christ the new nation that came through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ we have a new nation of people, a new group, a holy nation, people group, multitude, troop, swarm. That's what the, the Greek word says there for holy nation. You are a chosen generation. That means you're an elect group. You've been picked out. You've been chosen. It talks about Isaiah 65, 9, a chosen seed coming out of the loins of Jacob and Judah, you know, that's been established, a chosen or genos generation is genos. Acts 17, 28, it says, but we live and move and have our being in him. That is in God because we are his offspring, it says in that verse. We live and move and have our being in God. We are that new godly nation, holy nation, because we, have, uh, we are his offspring. Isn't that beautiful? 
You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that third nation, that new nation, yes? Let's go on and read through this passage a bit today and just point some other things out to you. Let's refer back to chapter 1 of Ephesians 18 and 19. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints are, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. See, God wants to open our eyes to what it means to be this new nation. You know, we take such pride, you know, now the Olympics are coming up when I'm recording this, you know, we all take such national pride, or I hope we do in our country, our athletes are going to go to the Olympics in Japan and compete, and we take such national pride. How about we take national pride in that third nation, that new holy nation that God has created? Yes, we take pride in that, right? We're a new creature, we're a new creation, as Corinthians says. God desires, as Paul has prayed in the beginning of Ephesians, for us to have understanding, his understanding, and his revelation that we would know our calling as this holy nation in this hour and what we are to do. Much like the sons of Issachar, who were mighty men of battle, they were warriors, and yet it says they had the wisdom and the knowledge to know what Israel should do in the season they lived in. The nation of God, the holy nation of God, the peculiar people of God, the, uh, the chosen generation will know in this season, in this hour, what they are to do. Isn't that amazing? We're going to know what we are to do as a nation of God, as being brought into relationship with God, individually as well as corporately. It's so important. This is talking about a corporate body. Yes, you can be uh, have a relationship with God. You can come to Jesus Christ and know him as your personal Savior individually, and that's what it's all about. But you will never become what God wants you to really be, what he really desires for you, apart from being a part of this holy nation, apart from taking godly pride, as it were, I'm going to call it godly pride, in the nation of God and being a part of it, you know, and being uh, true to it and being loyal to it. We begin now to see this in our passage today. This is a reality that is meant for the church to take a hold of and move in. You are part of, of the nation of God. You are part of that peculiar people. You are part of that chosen generation. Amen? I'm so excited about that. Here are three word pictures that Paul bring to us in this passage, these four verses. We're talking about kingdom life. We are fellow citizens now with the saints of God. We're fellow citizens. We have our citizenship in heaven, the scripture says in Ephesians as well. So we taste of the kingdom life. We're part of a new nation, a new kingdom. The next picture then is a little more, even a little more intimate. We are family. Oh, we're family. We're families because we're of the household of God. Oh, I'm so glad I'm a part of the household or the family of God, I think was a song that was sung. All right? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family. Family. We're not just distant relatives. We are close-knit family. Amen? And then the last beautiful, beautiful revelation then is we are a building. Now, a building might kind of seem austere and cold, but this is a warm building because really it it morphs into, in the picture, 
of a body, like our own personal body, which will be a habitation for Abba, a habitation, a dwelling place for God. Each step, the kingdom life, fellow citizens with the saints, family, that is members of the household of God, and a building, each step I will begin to show you uh, as we uncover it and as we dissect it, speaks of more and more intimacy with, with the Heavenly Father, with Abba. Let's go to verse 19 and break that down a bit. Therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Aren't you happy about that today? Aren't you glad about that today? You're not strangers. You're not foreigners to God and to the body of Christ. You're part of the household. You're part of the family. Strangers and foreigners, these are all-inclusive terms, meaning all who whether by natural or territorial demarcation or by the absence of civic privileges, were not citizens. It says you're no more strangers. You're no more foreigners, all right? You once were strangers. Xenos in Greek literally meant an alien. This word speaks of that which is of a different quality or nature than something else. Hence, alien, it is alien to it. Sinners are alien to the kingdom of God. They have a totally depraved nature that makes them different, even in a hostile sense. Okay, they just don't know what it is to be part of a, part of the family of God, part of that chosen generation and holy nation, do they? Ephesians 2.12, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from any relationship with him. We went over these passages a few weeks ago, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise with no share in the sacred messianic promise and without knowledge of God's agreements, having no hope in his promise and living in the world without God. Okay? Foreigners, periochius, periochius, made up of two words, para, alongside, and okio, to make one's home. So it is speaking of one who makes their home alongside someone else. Used in this passage of one who has come from another country and settles in a new country, yet has never became a citizen. Strangers are ignorant of amenities and the knowledge of the place they are in. Like when I traveled to Tampa, Florida uh, about two and a half years ago, and I was out on the corner, out at a little shop, looking for some, uh, you know, little groceries and I came out of that place and somebody asked me about a certain restaurant if I knew where it was. Well, I was ignorant of that. I was a stranger to Tampa, Florida. I did not live there. I did not come from there. In this scenario of a relationship with God, all mankind is ignorant. See, they're strangers to the kingdom of God. Before we come to Abba through Jesus, we have no idea what he could do for us. We were naive to the resources of peace, joy, and forgiveness available to us in the holy nation of God, right? We knew nothing of Abba's capacity for handling our fears and hostilities. We were utter strangers in knowing how to deal with life and its challenges. However, now we have come to Christ. We are no more strangers and foreigners. Now, when you look at the word foreigner, that is different than stranger. They may be really familiar with the country they live in, they may have even lived there for years and know very little about the amenities and opportunities available to them, yet they are limited. They are an alien. They have no rights or privileges because they do not have a birth certificate that shows that they are citizens of this country. 
all right, or of that country. This very much parallels the North American church today. We've brought up in the last 50 years, uh, I was brought up in the church. In North America, we've been brought up with a lot of religion. We know how to go to church, how to be part of a church, how to do all the right things and maybe say all the right things, but that does not make us part of the family of God, right? That does not mean, you know, that we know Jesus Christ in our heart just because we go through all those religious motions of going to church on Sunday, of saying the right thing, of being a nice person. This is what I'm talking about. We don't have the birth certificate. We have not been born again and stamped, you know, our name stamped in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? So you can, you can, you can know a lot about it, but you're really still not a citizen of heaven. Fellow citizens, that is of a new kingdom, of a new nation. Let's go on. Matthew 8, 11. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So we're talking about the kingdom of heaven when we're talking about this. I think I skipped the page here. I want to go back. As Christians, we have become citizens of a new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Both of these terms in the scriptures are interchangeable. To know more about this, really, you should go back to the way first part of my, um, when I started this podcast, podcast back a year and a half or more ago. It'll be two years this September. I did quite a number of um, episodes on the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The scriptures talk a lot about that. Colossians 1.13, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? 1 Thessalonians 2.12, that ye walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. 2 Timothy 4.18, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me into or unto his heavenly kingdom. Psalm 145.13, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endures throughout all generations. And here's a good one, John 18, 36 to 37. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Okay, so it's not of this world. Jesus' kingdom was not of this world. Acts 20, but it was a heavenly kingdom, God's kingdom. Uh, and that's what we're talking about, this new nation, this third race, citizens of heaven, of a holy nation, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. These are all synonymous, the kingdom of God, okay? I hope you're catching this. Paul dwelt two years in his own hired house and received all that came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, okay? Preaching that new holy nation, the kingdom of God, as it were. To this end I was born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth, everyone that is of the truth, hears my voice. Okay, uh, that, that was John. I'm sorry, I read the end of John, but I was talking about a, the kingdom of God. Luke 17, 20 to 21, and when he was demanded of Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, lo, it's here, lo, it's there. You know, it's not always real tangible, you know, 
And yet it is because the kingdom of God is in you, meaning the kingdom of God is in each individual that has come to Jesus Christ, knows him as their Lord and Savior. They're now part of the holy nation, part of the chosen generation, all these synonymous terms for what I'm talking about, the third nation, that new nation, uh, chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation. That's what I'm talking about there. Okay, let's go on and read a little further. So the kingdom of God, that new nation of God is within you. You're part of it, and it's within you, uh, and you carry it with you. Okay, we're talking about fellow citizens of a new kingdom, a, a holy nation. Matthew 8, 11, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, when I'm talking about these two verses, Matthew 8, 11, Hebrews 12, 1, I'm talking about our fellow citizens that are already literally in heaven now. Someday we'll sit down with the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And it talks about we have a great cloud of witnesses, all those people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's like they're cheering us on from heaven. They're also part of that kingdom. We're here on earth, but yet our citizenship is in heaven, and they are literally in heaven, okay? Now, let's talk about the members of the household of God. We talked first about, what did we say here? Let's look back just to touch on this. We first talked about the kingdom life, that is, fellow citizens with the saints— or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Now let's talk about members of the household of God, okay? Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. This is a more intimate term than just fellow citizens. We as saints are now all members of God's kingdom, and that new nation, that third nation, yet even more intimate, we are showing here that we are members of God's own intimate family. 1 John 3, 1. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is it did not know Him. See, it's a more intimate term. It's a more relational term. It's a personal term. We are a nation of individuals collectively as a nation of God, as the chosen generation of God, as that peculiar people, as that third nation. And yet we each have, we're part, we're his sons and daughters. And uh, God is so all powerful and all everywhere present that he can deal with us each personally. You know, uh, if you have four or five kids in your family, you can't always, you know, get to each of them all at once. You know, you have to maybe have a date night out or a date out with each one individually to spend time with them. God isn't like that. He can He can be talking personally to me and personally to a saint over in China at the same time because he we are his sons or his daughter over in over in another country as well. Matthew 19, 13 to 14, the children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. We have to be children of children, childlike mind and heart to really enter the kingdom of heaven and be in that realm, right? And we are children before him. We are endeared to his heart. 
you know. Finally, Paul addresses, and we're going to get into this next week, the apex of what men and women were really created for, an intimate relationship, the most intimate relationship, and that is being made into a living, breathing tabernacle for him, for Abba. So that's what our lesson was on today, and next week we're going to get into this living, breathing tabernacle, but our lesson today was that third nation, that holy, chosen generation, the peculiar people of God, the royal priesthood. That's what we talked about today, and then the word picture goes even more intimately into becoming a corporate habitation in which his spirit will dwell. Thank you very much for listening today to the Kingdom Corner podcast. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.